0: Fantastic to be here with such a good looking church. And uh, I always love being here, especially with John and Danielle Pierce, two of the finest people in the whole world. And uh, it was a great day when I was able to offload the leadership. Well, I enjoyed doing it, but I was getting a lot of a lot of other responsibilities to look after in our movement. So I was able to give it to a a gentleman called Gordon Moore. Gordon and Joe Moore did such a wonderful job, but then time came that they needed to pass it on. And uh, there was no finer people in all the land than John and Danielle Pierce. So they now run Australia, for goodness sake. They run the largest number of churches in our movement, over 100 churches here in Australia. And uh, we're seeing a a lot of growth. We're kind of in a new day, people. Um, About three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, in one week, we started 22 churches in one week. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like a lot of churches. Over a period of that plus another week. We had ended up with 30 churches, okay, so 30 churches. So the reason I'm saying that's a new level is because that's 15 churches a week. Now, I can remember when it was two churches a year, and we thought that was pretty good. Uh, And then it got down to like two churches a month, so it was like 24 in a year. We go, wow, we really got revival. And then uh, I remember telling some pastors we were getting two churches a week starting, And they said, no, you're lying. You know, like, who's doing that anywhere? I said, well, it's happening right now. It's 100 churches a year, and uh, it's two a week. But now this new level, people, is two a day, two churches a day. I go like, I can't believe that. Are you lying, Phil Pringle? No, it's true. Oh, it's true. I think it'll only be for a little, I can't, I'm, you know, my, my faith's reasonable, but I, I, I don't know if I can believe that's going to keep on going like that. I think, you know, you have little seasons where you have a big burst and that's pretty wonderful. But you know, uh, part of the reason that we have Presence Conference is so that we can keep ourselves moving in the same direction and get on the same page. Listen to me carefully. There's, there's a couple of things I want to say about Presence Conference. It's a page-turner. God turns a page. And on that new page, there's a certain oil for that day. Now, all of us know people who are living about five pages ago because they just didn't get into the page-turning moments. They just dropped out. We all know Christians who once were on fire. We all know ministers. Who once were roaring. Churches that were the church you went to. Whole denominations. Like from a hundred years ago that were changing the world, but now kind of not. Some we don't even know them. Gone. Got stuck. Oh, I'm so excited about what I'm gonna share. I'm talking about momentum. <laughs> How to get unstuck. But 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 we all know. Groups, individuals, ministers, people in life who've been stuck. Because even in the business world, the pages turn. Can you remember a thing called MySpace? Nokia? <laughs> that was just a couple years ago. That wasn't long ago. That was like a few years ago. There are some youth here who don't even know what MySpace is. They wonder what Nokia is. It's like... These are the, the big new thing, Encarta, Remember Encarta, the online encyclopedia. And then Wikipedia came along and just blew it out of the water, and nobody knows what Encarta is anymore. Net space, I mean, it's just things, and they're moving quicker, and God is moving quicker to keep pace with a world that's moving at an accelerated pace. And, oh, you know, I would love to just drop out and go and live up in the jungles or something and sail around the oceans. And But God hasn't called me to clean air. He hasn't called me to... He's, he's called me to to people in this world. We've we got to keep invading and not retreating. And to do that, I've got to keep pace with where they're at, which means I keep pace with where heaven's got me at. And so... There's an oil that goes with this. Now, I know when I started in the ministry, like I've been doing this for 47 years, there are a lot of young guns running hard and doing great things. I hardly know any of them today are doing anything. I know two out of maybe 1,500 guys that were roaring ahead. And the the only gift I've got is the gift of keeping on turning up. (laughs) I just keep turning up. even when I don't want it, there's some things I go to that I do not want to go to. Uh, You know, I'd rather have a fork and poke my right eye with it. (laughs) I just think, I'm not sure I really want to be with this, you know, because it takes time and energy. But if you keep circulating, there's fresh oil. And that fresh oil falls on that, page when you're there and you feel yourself, you may not even feel yourself changing, but you're in amongst it all. And that is why in the Old Testament, God told those Israelites, he said, I want three tithes. Now, I don't know if you've got a problem with one tithe, but you'd have a real problem if you were back then in the Old Testament. I mean, I know people, they've got all theology, but really they just don't want to give money. You know, I mean, come on, get honest. You just don't want to give it. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and you could get over yourself and actually get into a whole new space in your own heart and mind if you just went, so let me get into that. Money's not that important, please. You know, and, and you say that sometimes. Money's not that important. We'll give it. And uh, <laughs> you're right. and, so, and so God said, hey, you Israelites, three tithes, thanks. One for the house of God, one for the poor, so that's 20% of their income. Third, he said, I want you to put away 10% so that you can make it to the annual presence conference. It's true. It's in the Hebrew. Actually, it was to go up to Jerusalem for a six-week conference. That's what it was. For Passover all the way to Pentecost. And all the farmers had to come up and all their people. And he said, I want you to budget for revival. I don't want you to get to that point and say, I can't afford it. Because you'll put away money for a stupid washing machine. A new mower. Some of you are getting a new motorbike. So is the motorbike going to keep you on the page turning and the revival, or is being involved in presence, spending your two thousand bucks on the regio, the accommodation and the airfare, two thousand bucks? What else are you going to do with it? You know, I mean, going to paint the bathroom? You know, I mean, there's go on a little holiday to Fraser Island? Please, there's better things to do than buy a new washing machine. Wash by hand for six months, amen, and get a fresh oil on your life. Your pastor has stepped out in faith, bought all these tickets, because he says, my people are going to make it. And so I'm just trying to help you make that decision. Come on down to Sydney. We will stamp your passport. We will let you in to New South Wales. Definitely, we love Queenslanders. We need all the help we can get down there. And uh, so we're looking forward to seeing you. God bless you. Touch your neighbor, Sam. Glad you're sitting next to me. Would you do that? Thank you. See you later. Thank you. So it is exciting, most definitely. Chris has just sent me a message saying, I thought so. Oh no, that was that was my other. You know, this is a weird thing. This is a weird thing. Our daughter-in-law's name is Chris as well. Okay, and I've got her in my uh, in my phone as Christine, but sometimes I send her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, you're right. You got it right there. Like she says, "I don't think this was meant for me." <laughs> then I get a text from my son, Joseph. "Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> What's going on here?" <laughs> All right. Oh, look at shirts. Look a little lumpy. The more chocolate I eat, the lumpier my shirts get. I don't mean to brag, but I completed my 14-day diet in just two hours and 30 minutes. Amen. Huh? Come on. <laughs> I'm not much good with maths. Four out of three people have trouble with maths. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I am a trouble person. I said to my psychiatrist, is it weird that I hear voices? He said to me, you don't have a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem when you hear a, hear a voice like that, right? All right, people, I'm going to talk about momentum. No, okay, I'll draw it up on the board. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk, how long have I got here? You, tell me, 22 minutes and 50 seconds. Perfect. Perfect. That's too long, but anyway, we'll be good. What they say we're talking about? Momentum. Okay. Now, I know you speak in tongues, I write in tongues. Uh, so <laughs> here's the deal, people uh, momentum is something that is great to have when you got it, but really dismal when you haven't got it. And Jesus came into your life to get you unstuck so that you can start taking steps and move forward in life. And a lot of people are just still stuck in like 30 years ago and stuck in whatever, a moment in their mind and can't can't break free. And I want to talk about that as as a little bit of a a kind of a, a touch of what we will be moving into at Presence Conference about getting people unstuck into freedom. And, and Jesus is the source of freedom. He's the ultimate freedom maker. A lot of the things that you thought were, were beautiful in your life have become bondage. A lot of the things that you found attractive have become actual shackles of your life. And I've watched people do that many times. They've chased a particular thing like money or chased uh, pleasure and thought they were, it was a good time, but then eventually found themselves enslaved. So we, we talk about addictions, disorders, dysfunctions. Basically, the Bible calls it enslavement. Enslavement is when you've lost control. When somebody else or something else is controlling you. And, and you can't stop. You want to stop. You decide to stop, but you're stuck. You can't stop. It just controls you. It could be thoughts in your mind, could be feelings in your heart, could be addictions or habits or things that we have in our life that we just can't seem to get out of. We go round and round and round in a circle, and we can never actually step beyond that place where we become stuck in. And Jesus comes into your world, says, Hey, let's go. So, Psalm 122, verse 1 says, I was glad. When they said to me, let's go. Let's go into the house of the Lord. (laughs) Okay, so here's, this is a really, really wonderful piece of, of Scripture. It's out of 15 Psalms, and they're all talking about that journey that I talked about, the farmers going off their agricultural lands up to the city of Jerusalem for the annual festival. They're called Psalms of Ascent's. It means we're going up a level. Every psalm we sing, we're going up. A psalm, I'm ascending towards Jerusalem. The priests also said these psalms when they're ascending the steps of the temple. And so Psalm 84 talks about it. Though we go through the valley of Baca, we turn it into, a, into a, 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 it was a valley of weeping. We turn it into a place of springs and a beautiful place. And we're walking as pilgrims. On this journey, if you haven't bought the album Pilgrims yet, it's available on iTunes just out. We sang one song from it here this morning. What other king? You'll love it. And, uh, and so keeping ourselves moving means that I'm in a let us crowd, not a just me crowd. Let us go is a way better than way of approaching life than just saying I'm going to go. Now, community is something that Jesus has called you into. And I've always found that when a person doesn't want to keep moving, they generally don't turn up at church. When when a person's slowing down, they tend to move to the fringes, to the sidelines, to the margins of church life. They once were in the core, but after a while, whatever it was, an offense, or they just want to backslide, or... They're just feeling the pressure or, you know, they're looking for a girlfriend or a husband who's not really into it all. And all those things water down the fire and stop that person's momentum. And once, you, once you've once you lost momentum, man, it's hard to get it back. It's hard to get it back. But getting around the right people will help you get a kickstart. And uh, a kickstart... From God is sometimes a kick. And sometimes He's not answering your prayers because He wants your attention. And your eternal security is more important to Him than your temporal comfort. And so if you are feeling uncomfortable, whoo, you're out of your comfort zone. Everybody says, oh, we've got to get out of our comfort zone. Well, that would mean that you are uncomfortable. And so if you are just comfort, Comfortable, you're in your comfort zone. If this talk is making you feel a little uncomfortable, you should go, you should smile and go, oh, this is good for me. <laughs> don't don't push back. Don't push back at me. Go, yeah, come on, hit me again. I need this. I so need this. Slap me on that side. You know, it's like, if I'm treading on your toes, don't put them under the seat. Leave them out. Amen. Let me tread one more time. Because that awakening... It's good for us. Don't press snooze. You can't turn me off this morning. I'm a holy pyromaniac. I want to set you on fire. I want to light a fire on the inside of you, and get and get a kickstart. You know, a uh, a rocket going into outer space uses 95 percent of its fuel just getting out of this gravity. 95 percent takes a lot it takes a lot to get momentum, but once you've got it, it's easy to keep it. But to get it going, oh, there are some people, don't you feel like you want to shake them? You want to wake them up and say, come on, get off the couch. Netflix is not that good. There's you cannot live your life like this. There's too many wonderful, awesome things going on that you could get involved in. So getting yourself started can be the most difficult thing, and that's the big decision. Today you might, you might never have even you know kind of made that decision to say, okay, I'm going to have Jesus in my life. But you can do that here in this service. Right at the end, I'll be saying, hey. Maybe you like to raise your hand and you can make that big step. You know, it's once you've once you've been walking with Jesus and you've been away from him, it is then really hard. It's, it's kind of even harder to make the step to come back. But you've got to make that step too. And 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 so when we ask that question, make sure you do that. So here is This momentum is saying, let us go. Easter. It's not, hey, here's an invitation. Go down to church. That's not what that's saying. It's saying, here's an invitation. Let us. I'm going to come with you. I'm going to pick you up. I was glad when they said to me. This is the power of connect groups. This is the power. This is why we all need to be in a small church as well as a big one. Even though we're one of the biggest churches in Sydney, we're probably the smallest church as well because I want everybody to have some connection with each other so we have a high percentage of people who go to connect groups because that's where you actually feel like you belong. You're not just staring at somebody's dandruff each weekend. You're not staring at the back of a person's head. You're not, you're, not, you're not just seeing backs, you're, you're actually being able to be known. And to know that you're known is, to know people is good, but to know that you're known, that's, that's even better. I know that, I, to say I know God is good, but to know that he knows me, Wow, that's pretty, pretty interesting. So when they said, and it's always easier to go as a group, it's always easy to do things as a group. And, you know, like women are way better at this than men, right? The, the, at our women's conference, I, I arrived there and, and I'm driving Chris into the car park. And I, oh, gee, babe, this is sad. You know, there's only a few cars here. So, so sorry about, you know, the conference. I walk in the hall, the thing is full. I go, so how's that? Because girls pick each other up. They say, let us go. And so they say, oh, I'll pick you up, and I'll pick you up in the car. It's like, it's awesome. Then all out, And it smells good. And I think, wow, that's amazing. I go to the men's conference. The car park is full. I go in the hall. There's only about 10 seats full. You know? There's hardly anybody there. I go like, what is this? Because men don't pick each other up. They don't say, hey, George, you'd like me to come around and pick you up on the way to church? <laughs> No, they're not going to do that. They're going to tow another car just behind them just to show you how many cars they got. <laughs> when, I, when I'm at a restaurant, Chris I'm going to the toilet. You want to come, girls? You know, and they all go. Well, if I'm at the restaurant, I say, Hey, John, I'm going to the toilet. You want to come? You know? <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen, people. Right? Right? Not in Queensland. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Okay. So, so the thing is, You know, if you mix it up though, guys and gals, I was glad when they, you know, and you go as couples or go as a little team, it's so much easier and so much better for those people. So when Easter comes, think about not just the people you can ask, but how can we, how can that group, you know, just, there's got to be some people and, and it's always easier when there's some friends around and you say, let us go to the house of God. So... This is the other thing, is that if you've got go in you, it's easier to get other people who've got go in them. That's why I want to get the church unstuck. If they've got a sense of movement, not just about turning up a church, every Sunday going to church, every Sunday going to church, but they've got go in them, I'm going to reach this world, the Sunshine Coast, for Jesus. So I'm going to find a strategy, and the best strategy is us. Let us go, and i get some momentum. So to get this kickstart, to make a decision, I'm going to do this. I'm just... Gonna get started, and getting started is always half the battle of anything. Every time. The second, the second part of this is find your groove. Find your groove. Okay, so when when we say let us go, uh, that means that we're all going in the same direction. We're all we we got our groove on. So, like in church life, if you know, I I meet some people and. Here's here's the vision. Here's the vision like that. And there's some people who who are doing this, and there's a couple of people who sort of are there, and some people lagging a bit behind on the vision. I've got a couple of great leaders, and they're there with me right on my side. But for some people, they're like going backwards, and others off over here, and, you know, some going completely opposite to the way I want to go. And that, that really isn't a great way for a church to look. Like that, I haven't got anything to wipe it off. But anyway, uh, this is how it really uh, should be looking. That everybody is saying, "Let us go," and we're all. Moving. You can even feel the power on the board, right? I mean, this that's just weak. Let's go nowhere. But this. You know, excuse uh, me, referring to the Japanese art of feng shui, but it, that's got a lot of feng shui in it. Hey Amen. It, it just feels better. I mean, I, I ride a motorbike and sometimes ride through little country towns and whatever. And maybe one or two of us, but when we get like twenty of us, women hide their children. It is—it's a fearsome sight, and it's a sound, and you feel powerful. Like you feel like well, we're going to turn the world into apocalypse or something. You know, it's because the power of finding your groove, moving in the same vision, all doing your part in what God has called us to do, actually helps us achieve. And that's called unity. It's the unity of the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be in unity. You'll find a way to agree. People who are not filled with the Holy Spirit find a way to disagree. They just want to be contentious and show share tell you their opinion. But but when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you are aligned with the purposes of Jesus, when you have alignment and resonance, that's what that is. I'm aligning myself and I'm resonating with the body. Let us go to the house of the Lord. You'll find that there's a lot of slipstream behind, behind this that a lot of people get caught in because of the sheer power of of what you're doing. Amen. So the last the last one here is in these three things, keys to momentum is cross the line. Make sure that what you start, you finish. Actually get to the end of the goal and make sure you get to actually achieve it. Now, here's some laws of this whole momentum uh, principle, is that, and these, these might sound very obvious, but you move in the direction you're going. And you say, well, that's obvious. I know, I told you it was obvious. And you, you might want to go in that direction. But if you're going into this direction, that's where you're going to go. If, if I jump on a train in Sydney that's going to Melbourne but I really wanted to go to the Sunshine Coast of course, as everybody does I want to go to the Sunshine Coast but I'm on the train to Melbourne where am I going to end up? not where I want to go I'm going to end up in Melbourne yeah, that is tragic, right? you know, yeah I'm going to end up going where I don't want to go because uh, my train of thought and my actions are taking me there. You might say, I want to bring so-and-so to church, but you're going in the complete opposite direction, or I want to prosper in life, but you're moving in the opposite direction. You go, you move in the, in the direction you're going. Um, here's, here's another one. Whatever you've got, you're going to get more of. It's going to take me too long to write that up. Whatever you've got plus what you have. Let's just say that. Jesus says this actually. Whatever you've got, you're going to get more of. So if you are saying, "I've I've got a lot of problems. You're going to get more of them. Get a lot of answers and you'll get more of them. I got a lot of doubt. You're going to get more of them. I got a lot of faith you're going to get more of it. I got a lot of blessing on my life. You're going to get more of it. You accumulate and you gather to yourself what you've actually already got. I got a lot of great friends. If you got no, no friends, you know, I, I can't make any friends, I can't get any friends, uh, you're going to get less and less friends. But you can make friends. Go to the connect group. Come together down to presence. Let us go. There's, there's hardly a better experience than all getting on a bus and going down to presents uh, together, or we'll singing psalms, and we'll send up Mark Sondercock to give you a lot of fun on the bus while you're all... But I'm sure you've got clowns in this congregation as well. Amen. People who make others happy. I don't mean clown clowns. I mean, just circuses, and uh, people that are a walking circus. My son Daniel's a walking circus, and uh, you know, it's just just fun. And so, I mean, it is one of the most wonderful things to go together, and travel together. And I can imagine those people who went up, to, went up to Jerusalem every year. I guarantee they said, you know, the journey up was as good as the actual event. The going together to do something was easily as good as the actual event. Let me take you to this last scripture. It's in Mark chapter 2. Right at the start of Mark 2. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who is carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your your sins are forgiven you. Man, I I could have started with this verse and preached this whole message out of this because there's so, so many things here. Number one, this is a paralytic. He's stuck. He can't walk. He can't make decisions. He can't take steps. He's stuck on his bed. A bed is a symbol of dreams. He's stuck in dreamland. It's a good thing to have dreams, but dreams are useless if you don't take action. If you're stuck and can't make decisions, just dreaming all day about your dreams that are one day going to happen, I'm dreaming of this to happen. My dear friend, I know you've heard all the preaching, teaching, motivational speakers saying, follow your dream, have your dream, dream big dreams. I would just maybe like to say, stop dreaming. Start doing. Action is everything. Action is everything. Just just stop thinking the dream's going to happen because you dream it. The dream doesn't happen because you dream it. The dream happens because you do it. And you don't do it all at once. Sometimes people are dreaming too big. They're dreaming a big dream, but they can't take the next little step. And once, you, once you realize just take one step after another, I'll be a, I'll be a car park attendant at church. You might have a vision of running a church one day, but today you can be a car park attendant. Then you can help put out leaflets on the seats. And then you can welcome people at the door. And then you can run a little connect group. And then you can multiply that connect group. And as you do that over a period of like three years, four years, five years, get some training on the way, one day you'll wake up and you're running a church. One day you wake up and you're, you're doing what you dreamed of way back there, but you had to take some actions. You have to actually start doing some things. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. They had go in their life. They had go. They said, let us go to the house of the Lord. And I... He's that guy. Psalm 122, come on, he's that guy. I was glad. Who was glad? That guy lying on a bed was glad when he couldn't muster the decision to go to church on his own, but four people took a handle on his life and picked him up. And sometimes the things that you can pick people up with are the very things that Christians have put them down with. You know, they, they're divorced or, oh, gee, you know, they just, they, they had a big business failure, you know, like, I don't know, they should have known better than didn't loan the money. And You don't want to be condemning people for mistakes they've made in life. Remember yourself? You know, so on the very handle that some put them down, we can pick them up. But we can carry them. And some people need carrying for a little while. Don't just be telling them, oh, you're responsible for your own life. Get up out of that bed and walk. Some people just can't do it. you got to carry them for a while. But they carried him to the right place. And it was bold enough just to reach out to this boy and to bring him. And, uh, you know, this little group, this little connect group, what a a bunch of heroes. I think one of them's the evangelist. He says, hey, I'm going to go and tell, you know, Joe Stuck that we can take him the other guy said, well, I'm a helper. I got the gift of help, so I'll find the stretcher. And uh, the other one said, well, I'm a leader. I'm going to organize you guys and give you a direction. And this is the vision. We're going to get there by midday, and we're going to do it. Uh, and the other guy, uh, he didn't know what he was, so he just took out the handle. Hey, Amen. He might have been the worship leader. and Because uh, he had tiny pants on. And so uh, you know, they, they all walked up down. So, so they, they walk them all down to Jesus, but they can't get in because of the crowd. And there's always a reason for you to stop. Once you've got going, once you're moving, once you're unparalyzed, once you've taken your friend, there's always some reason. There's a crowd of reasons. Oh, it's Easter. Eating too many eggs. Oh, the family's coming. Oh, there's, all, there's a crowd of reasons why not to. Always. But it's meant to be a catalyst that actually catapults you into a higher level of action. So they went up a level in their going, they went all the way to the roof and they broke the ceiling on their let's go. So you've got a ceiling somewhere that's stopping you from going further. Today is the day you break through your ceiling and you say, I'm going to go all the way. I've come this far. I'm not going to stop because of a crowd of problems trying to prevent me from actually breaking through. And it says there, they broke through. They broke through the roof. They broke through the ceiling. And Jesus saw their faith And he said, Your sins are forgiven. Oh, please. Oh, please. He didn't see his faith and say, Your sins are forgiven. He didn't see his repentance and say, Your sins are forgiven. He saw their faith and said, Your sins are forgiven. I can't tell you how important community is doing things together. Join the dots. Between where we've fallen short, made a few mistakes, and our inability to move. Some of us are stuck because guilt's got us. We're just condemned. We're just judged. We're so hard on ourselves. You idiot. What were you thinking? Why did you do that? Or else other people are hard on us. I'm saying, you idiot. You lost all the money. You idiot. You did this. You did that. You're never going to get us out of this. And once you get nevers and always in conversations, you can guarantee you're going to get stuck, paralyzed. If you're stuck in your nevers and stuck in your always, you always do this. You never do that. That's stuck. Today, Jesus gets you out of your never and gets you out of your always so that no longer do you always do this. And so no longer are you never going to do that. You are now going to do it. You're going to start living a whole new way of life, not paralyzed, not stuck. And that's what Jesus has got for every one of us here, forgiveness. Forgiveness for anything that's happened in our lives, whether we brought it on ourselves or whether we were trampled on by other people. He removes the shame, removes the guilt, and draws you to himself. So in a couple seconds, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you've never actually received the freeing power of forgiveness. The word forgiveness from its original language is luo, and it means to set free like unchaining a caged animal. It's like to breathe air that's got no condemnation in it. To feel the shackles fall off and you're free. That's why Jesus came. Because he loves people and he sees us all enslaved and bound up. He says, I really want to set these people free. Can I ask you to close your eyes right across this auditorium? And if that's you, if you've never said, well, I want Jesus in my life. You've never prayed a prayer that says, God, come into my life never reached out to him and said, God, come into my heart. You might have reached out to him and said, God, help me. God, help me fix the situation. But you've never actually received him into your soul. In a couple seconds, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you've never done that. If you've been away from God, I want you to come back because that, now, today is your day and now is your time. I want you to come back. Make sure that you're following Jesus. Hey, listen, also, if you're just not sure that you're going to heaven when you pass out of this world, you might go to church, but you're not sure if you're going to heaven, I want you also to raise your hand. So right now, while every eye is closed, if that's you, you're going to pray that prayer, Jesus, come into my life, or you're going to come back to Christ after being away or you're just making sure you're going to heaven right now, wherever you are in this building, put your hand up in the air for me. Put it up high for me right now. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is there? Thank you. Who else is there? Just raise it high. Say, that's me. I want to know that Jesus is in my life. I want to have the Son of God in my heart. I want to come back to Christ. I want to be committed. And I want to live for God. This is all I'm going to do is just ask you to raise your hand and ask you to come down the front, or we're just going to pray a prayer shortly. I'll wait another 10 seconds, and then I'm going to pray. So if there's anybody else to raise their hands, just raise it high. Say, Phil, pray for me today. I want to know that Jesus is in my life. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hey, okay, so let's all stand. Can we do that right now? And I want you to, everybody, to say these words to God after me, especially those who raise their hands. Can you say this now? Dear God in heaven, Dear God in heaven. I ask Jesus to come into my life. Cleanse me from sin. Make me your child. Help me follow you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray for peace to come on every heart here today. Even those who prayed that prayer, maybe who didn't lift their hand but reached out to you. Search our hearts in this place, Father. Draw near to every one of us. Let forgiveness and healing go so deep in our lives so we can get up off our bed and start walking the walk. Help us have that kickstart if we've lost momentum. Help us find our groove, Lord, and cross the line in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. God bless you.